haunting in Venice is over, but here on Pocha Recaps Theater, we are just getting started. My name is Ariel, and I am stuck on this boat. I have no creepy gondolier to help me through the channels of Venice, but thankfully, I'm not alone. I am with another concerned person. It's Grace. What's up, Grace? Ooh, a haunting in Venice. Ooh, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky season, Ariel. It's here. It, I mean, it's basically here. I've seen all the pumpkin stuff in stores. Cool. I've seen I love all the Halloween candy, you know, and, and general Halloween paraphernalia in stores. So as much as it hurts me to say and agree, fine. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, this movie for sure got me more into spooky season than uh, than I was ready for at this time of the year. Um, but I think yeah. people, if they don't want to be scared, they should subscribe to poshorecaps.com slash movies because yeah. then they'll never miss any of the movies that we cover. That's, that's a pretty yeah. scary thought. I, there's tons of people write in. They're like, I woke up in a cold sweat thinking I missed one of your episodes. Like, don't worry, you were subscribed. You're good. I need somebody to come and solve the mystery of why mm-hmm. I'm missing these podcasts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. last week so you didn't miss it like if you woke up in a cold sweat mm-hmm. we, we told people that so you know yeah, yeah. that's haunting that's that's the most haunting image of all uh mm-hmm. haunting in venice grace yeah kenneth branagh who is has directed i think he's directed all of them yeah he's this is his little baby right this now. is his thing yeah. he is actually his little baby is it he uh I believe uh, the character who plays Leopold in this movie is the same kid who played basically him. He's the kid from Belfast, um, who's was like a semi autobiographical Kenneth Branagh film. So really, yeah, this is, yeah, and baby, and that's pretty topical because speaking of Belfast, Jamie Dornan uh-huh. is in this yeah. movie who was also in Belfast, and I, I think I'm just gonna say it off the top. This is not as good of a role for him as, oh. as Belfast. Uh-oh. I really, really wanted to like him, but over, but let, let's take Let me take a step back. Like, why yeah. am I being crazy? Mm-hmm. This is the third movie in this. Uh, I guess you can call it a franchise, right? Like it doesn't feel, yeah. I guess in some ways it doesn't feel like a franchise because it's not people flying around and blowing stuff up, but uh, it's, it definitely is a franchise. It's the same character. Uh, I was trying to f- practice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I actually can't decide yeah. if Kenneth Branagh's accent is good uh, or bad. And it doesn't matter French. ultimately, but mm-hmm. I just, I, I objectively, like in a non judgmental way, I was objectively trying to figure out. I think I'm more on the side of it's like not good, but he's definitely selling it. If I basically, I feel like, need subtitles for your, I think it's not good. I mean, like, I get, I mean, that's not really fair because, like, some people, you know, it might be actually hard to understand them, but like, he's putting on real thick, uh, much, he's much like his thick mustache uh-huh. in these movies. Yeah. This, uh, I, I should say, Kenneth Branagh, like, aging beautifully. I'm like, yeah. it's, it's, it's been nice to see. Nothing, you know, nothing like insanely, uh, worth, writing home about but like noteworthy to me like i saw that you mentioned it already the mustache uh you know he's he's obviously pulling double duty like i said being the director did you see so this is the third movie i said the first Mm -hmm. one was murder on the orient express which yeah i didn't see but it's probably the one that i'm most familiar with from the outside because they've Mm -hmm. remade that in different forms many times and it's just a story that smart people like to cite uh, the second one, death, death in the Nile, death on the Nile, on the Nile, yeah, on the Nile, mm-hmm. a movie that I did not see because everyone kept telling me don't bother. I this is my thing about these movies that I feel like they're not like amazing, but I also feel like they're not that bad. Like they're they're mm-hmm. there's such a like they're middling affair. It's totally fine to go watch it. Like these are definitely movies that I would be like maybe don't go spend like $14 at the movie theater, but like when it comes on streaming, I don't know if you're like looking to kill a, you know, a couple hours, maybe throw it on. They're perfectly fine. It, uh, Murder mystery is so hot right now. So big. Uh, we just finished covering the after party, obviously uh-huh. glass onion. 
Um, what else? There's more. There's more. Uh, one I called it. I called it. Yeah, Russian I know. Doll. I almost said I Russian mean, doll. But it's poker called face. Poker face. <laughs> yeah, so hot right now. So I don't know. He and he's kind of like he was like one of the first. He's like, hey, maybe not the first to ever do murder mysteries, but like the revival a little bit. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. Agatha Christie. So I I don't know. These movies are like perfectly fine. I mean, the big thing about Death on the Nile was that. Ansel Egort was in it and they were, is it? Uh, no, it's Army Hammer. It was Army Hammer. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was remembering that. Yeah. But also, yeah. like, it wasn't, uh, like, the rev- it, there was something. Oh, do you know who's in the first one? Russell Brand's in the first one. I think, so. Oh, yikes. Uh, the, first, the first, or excuse me, the second movie, Death on the Nile, there was also just like this air about it. Like, it wasn't just that it was uh, middling or like, mid at best it was just kind of like yes for sure like you're saying there was this weird way that they treated the army hammer part of it you know they had already shot it and they barely show them in the trailer yeah Mm -hmm. um but it just yeah it was just like weird vibes i wanted to see it i'm actually kind of surprised that i didn't see it yeah i, but, I think it's uh, worth it i mean i sort of, i was wrong that uh russell brand is in death on the night which is the last one so now that whole that's that movie is starting to be <laughs> even a bigger yeah, yeah that movie's yeah. just like uh a an atomic bomb <laughs> have you seen the pictures of like it's like forgetting sarah marshall there's been a photo going around like uh-oh this is aging very poorly it's jonah hill uh, Mila Kunis and Russell Brand, all in obviously differing levels of yeah. badness that they if you all were an extra in that movie. Just yeah, be careful. <laughs> um, but I don't know the the thing that I feel like the these movies have going for them in the same way of mm-hmm. a glass onion, uh, mm-hmm. poker face even did this where like each episode or each movie, you get this different cast of, cr- and, and, and crew. So, uh, Perot is always going to be there and maybe someone will, you know, jump from one movie to the other. But mm-hmm. the idea, like if you look back at some of these casts and, and, um, obviously that last one, uh, as I was mentioning, the denial, maybe not great, but like, uh, I believe, uh, in murder, the uh, or an express like uh Daisy Ridley's in it, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh I think I think, I think Johnny Depp was in it as well. Uh Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe. Like the casts are really fun. And I feel like with this one, it was like, ooh, Tina Fey, Michelle Yeo, fun. Okay, uh, I'll mm-hmm. go check it out. Jamie Dornan. So I don't know. Yeah. Are you a big uh are you a big Agatha Christie? I I don't think I've read a single Agatha Christie book, but I've probably watched many of her movies, so Yes. Yeah. Many of yeah. yeah, The the based ons. Uh, I I think I remember being assigned. Actually, this isn't true. I think I'm confusing with something else. But the Murder on the Orient Express. I I, for a second I was about to say no. I don't want to watch a CGI uh, Tom Hanks. But I realized that that's uh, a North North North. Yeah, what is that movie called? Anyway, the matter. North Train. Um, but yes, Agatha Christie. Just want to pay her some respect for giving us this. Uh, Haunting in Venice. I was happy. I actually didn't when I first saw the. I didn't see the trailer actually. When I first heard about it, I didn't even realize that it was in this franchise. I just thought, oh great, like yeah. Cool, I thought it was a horror movie. Yeah, movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. horror perhaps with this great cast. Like, what is that? What's how can you go wrong? What's there to lose? And then after I realized, I'm like, wait, should I, do I need to see the first two? But I'm big on being the Guinea pig. Like, mm, I'm just going to go and see, I'm going to go and, and see what it's like. And Chris, I have to report. Mm-hmm. I liked this movie. I was yeah. like, I don't think it's, it's the, my favorite movie of the year, but I think every, a lot of people in it are having fun. Your favorite uh, movie is The Nun too, which actually did win the box office. Wait, okay, hold on. I'm glad you. I meant to bring that up because I'm glad you. No, we that. picked wrong. I know. I we picked the, the wrong the horror sequel. Nun two before I saw this movie, yeah, and uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, this isn't really good. But <laughs> I need to see The Nun before fun. I see The Nun. But I too. didn't. Yes. Okay. So this is what, part of the reason I remember. I had never seen The Nun Part One, and I was like, life is too short. Like I'm just gonna go yeah. see the second one. Sometimes yeah. I have fun. There was a movie that I saw called i think i've spoken about this on the pod i've definitely told you about this at some point uh tournament of champions was the cold oh, yes and it was escape room colon escape tournament room. Yeah. of champions yeah that's right sequel, and i had never yeah. seen the first one and yeah. guess what they did they had flashbacks wow just like the nun 2 did wow and i, knew ev- and I found out everything i needed to know from wow. those amazing amazing they make those movies for dummies like me now yeah. Uh, anyway, this movie. Yeah, you don't need to go see anything else. Her, you just know uh, Hercule Perot, if I'm saying that right. He a detective. He's kind of lost his groove at the start of this movie, but they'll tell you that, and then we'll figure it out. He's a great detective. 
uh, that's the bit. That's it. He's uh, he solves murders. Guess what's gonna happen in the movie? Maybe a murder. <laughs> he does solve murders. Okay, I'm gonna try. Poirot. Sorry, I was trying to do like the really exaggerated version that he's doing in the movie. Spoilers that there's a, a moment in this movie where Tina Fey is just like, "Hey, Hercules." <laughs> So, I don't know. I think we can get away with that now. Yeah. Hercule. Hercule. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I liked it so much more than I thought I would. And to your point about the cast and the casts in these particular murder mystery type, whether it's shows or movies, can rotate very easily. It seems like low commitment. It's kind of a no brainer. Like you get to shoot this kind of movie, I don't think takes super long to make it's a lot of interior shots it's a lot of people talking around each other and there isn't much cgi so it's kind of like it's basically a play right for like yeah. all intents and purposes or yeah, i don't know yeah it yeah it filmed about a year ago. i don't think it yeah it doesn't take very long so yeah no and uh similarly it will not take me very long to get through the plot it is time grace do you hear it do you hear the teapot? Do you hear the kettle? I don't it's... know if I did a teapot impression, but I tried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought your dog Luna had like come up on the Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let us spell the PSRT, a haunting in Venice. Here we go. Uh Detective Hercule Poirot, played by Kenneth Branagh, is living in retirement in post-war Venice. Uh he hires ex-police officer Vitali. Vitali, I'm going to say that, uh, as a bodyguard. Novelist Ariadne Oliver, who's played by Tina Fey, aforementioned, convinces Poirot to attend a seance at opera singer Rowena Drake's Palazzo to unmask a medium played by Michelle Yeoh. This is... I'm already like at this point of the movie, I was yeah. so in. I'm like, yes. oh my god, Rowena. Yeah. This even just the name Rowena. I mean, it does remind me of Ravenclaw, which is a Harry Potter thing, but yeah, it's a ridiculous name that you don't hear often. Uh, this seance reveals that Rowena's daughter Alicia did not commit suicide, but in fact was thrown to her death. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Reynolds, the medium, is later found dead, impaled on a statue in the court. This was probably the thing that I was most surprised by like oh no not michelle, michelle yo so quickly <laughs> how dare they was it like they impaled her on her oscar is that what it yeah, was that's like, right was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um of course a, a storm comes and cuts the power off at the palazzo and just like off from the rest of the world in general the phones aren't working uh and also i think because it's like uh, you have to like you can't there's no like front door right isn't this the thing it's like isn't the thing? Yes, that like, it's like the old school Palazzo. That you, you have, have to literally yeah. sail into. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't know what that's called, but I'm just gonna say it's sailing. Yeah, into it. Uh, so of course Poirot begins to interview the guests because he can't really help himself, and he was at this party anyway. So <laughs> what else he? I think there's like Tina Fey is like I'm helping him as he, she's like doing <laughs> the interview. I'm his assistant. Yeah, we're getting his groove back. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we're all like, we'll see. Uh, so there are some perplexing revelations, including the fact that uh, Nicholas and Desdemona, uh, who are Romani Romanian refugees uh, from Hungary, who work for Reynolds the Medium, but it turns out they're stealing from her and want to go to Missouri, and I'm wondering why and not no offense to missouri i just mean like they're from hungary right and like romania's like what's yeah but they explain it in the movie because it says meet me in st louis is the movie but they never watch the ending of, of the movie so i don't know how it ends so they want to go there jokes uh, on them yeah i yeah. clearly missed that part of the movie uh leslie's trauma another thing we find out is leslie has this trauma from the liberation of uh bergen belson which is that place that famous battle uh sure uh and leopold i was i was kind of fishing i wasn't sure uh and leopold dr leslie farrier's son uh hearing voices you find out that they're all hearing voices of these like random children from when yeah, the palazzo was an orphanage and it's like at different points different characters are all like yeah, the voices. It's totally normal. I forget. There's a there's a, a thing we haven't put, which is like the lore of the house that they're in, which was like was an orphanage. And I love the style choice for this, which is like 
uh, like cut out paper shadow thing. I don't mm. know how you just, you know, whatever a light show. And it's like, kind of, but the idea is that like, it was an orphanage and then all the kids got like the plague basically. And then we're locked in the thing. And now all the ghosts of the children try to kill anybody who's a nurse or a doctor. That's the like lore of Cause the, cause they take things personally and yeah. those doctors well, and nurses should not have done what they did. I mean, I agree. Uh, I, I have to creepier. say, I side with the ghosts. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's nothing creepier. I do side with the ghosts in this case. And honestly, there's just nothing creepier than like creepy children in yeah. horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to the others with Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Ferrier is locked in the music room and is later found stabbed to death. And I was like, thank God for Jamie Dornan. Because uh -huh. this was not good. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is I would actually also call this like a glow down. Like if he, if his uh if his glow up uh ish was for uh the movie The Aforementioned. God, what was it called with Kenneth Branagh? We just said it before. Belfast. I, Belfast. This yeah. is a little bit of a glow down for him, I think. I have to say, it's rough when, uh, despite one character having a mustache and one not, I, I got the two characters confused. That feels bad if I'm like, which one are you? Are you the ex-husband? What are you? I There's just, yeah, there was one too many, like, hard to age white guys in this movie. there's a moment where the white the other white guy who's like the the fiance or whatever yeah the fiance. It's like i was dating alicia and i was like i thought she was like 12 uh yeah i thought oh, that he yeah. was dating okay i thought he was dating, dating the mom, the mom. Yeah. and i was like wait this is so and then but also like so progressive of me that like they cast a younger man to be with an older woman like I wow i'm so like age blind um <laughs> but, but then no they're like no he was dating not. It the was daughter who's like 30 <laughs> and like being taken care of by the mom, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So Poirot accuses Oliver and Vitaly of being accomplices in the seance. And he does an, a masterful job of figuring out like this thing that they're doing with magnets with the typewriter. It's great to see. Uh, he then reveals Poirot that Alicia was poisoned with the hallucinogenic drug hidden in the honey served with the tea that Rowena was giving to the guests at this party, but more importantly to her daughter yeah. to keep her in bed and prevent her from reconciling with her aforementioned hard to tell apart ex fiance. Yeah. Uh, Rowena staged Alicia's suicide because she didn't want to get caught. Then she killed Reynolds, the, the, the medium and Leslie, this is wild stuff from Rowena. Okay, the, the deaths here are wild. So first of all, she tries to kill Perot, but this is by accident. She tries to yeah. drown him in an yes. apple bobbing. Because he thought that she that Perot, he, she thought Perot was somebody else. Because he's wearing the like like yeah. Reynolds's mask and, mm -hmm. and cloak. Then she just, I think, fights and like throws Reynolds off the balcony and she dies. But then the scene where Leslie, like uh, Dr. Uh, Ferrier dies, is she blackmails him and makes him put a knife on the wall and stab himself in the back, Ariel. This was wild. This was like <laughs> the deal that you, like the action he she makes him do that. And it's like, why did he do it? Like, I understand literally why he did it. But I just mean, this is the worst way. Like, if you I don't know, I, I don't know what I would have done had I been in that position. But put the knife on the wall and then like stab myself into it is probably like top three ways I don't want to die. It's wild. Well, it's only because it she was going to kill Leopold. So he did it. He did it to save his son. Yeah. So. Which is very sweet, but yeah. also no, not like that. <laughs> It's pretty um, wild, pretty wild moment in the ridiculous. movie. And Rowena's like such a demon that yeah. like she does this and so casually kills these people. Anyway, uh, Rowena escapes to the roof and clearly like all of her, um, like all of her victims is trying to jump off herself and kill herself. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, obviously she had hidden behind the fact that there was this curse and that's what made all these things happen. But haha been revealed now the truth um olga adopts the now orphaned leopold who's adorable and like way too smart for his own good uh who poirot realizes has been blackmailing rowena because it was this person that had been blackmailing rowena and that was like part of the reason that she did some of the things she did 
because the blackmailer had like evidence of the poisoning but it turns out it was yeah. just the kid leopold who was like trying to to uh stop her or stop like certain things from happening it was something with money there was a money thing yes it was like if they were gonna use all the money so he was trying to get the money from her and he did get the money in the end actually it, that is important his um yeah his dad is like not able to work because he has post-traumatic stress disorder yes. from the war and so he's been bad and like leopold is basically like taking care of his own father it's very sweet um um and then yeah he, he just blackmails. needs his pills he just needs his pills, yeah leopold says and so he blackmails rowena figuring out that it was the honey to try and basically get money so his dad doesn't have to work which is very sweet but then rowena thinks that it's actually joyce um like michelle yo's character who's blackmailing uh, so kills her and then also thinks then that it's um it's his Leopold's dad who also could, has enough information to blackmail. And she's just wrong that either of them. I think maybe Reynolds does have some information, but uh, Leopold she sucks. She was wrong about everything, <laughs> including poisoning her own daughter. That yeah, was she did wild. poison her own daughter. That was pretty bad. That's she pretty was bad. doomed. She was doomed before the movie started. Yeah. Uh, so after having solved all of that, Poirot's faith is restored seemingly, and he begins to accept cases once more on his roof in like a weird uh, cage thing with no doors and no curtain on yeah. his roof. And yeah. that's the end of the movie. And then there's like a super long four minute drone shot of of Venice above his oh, roof. I left immediately. I assumed <laughs> there was no post credit scene. Ariel, I had just watched 40 movies in a week. It's okay that I left immediately, right? I think it's okay. I can't believe that we didn't start with like a a, a little tiff corner, but we'll, we'll do get it. We'll, get we'll it. do that at the end. Um this is hilarious. I can imagine you like I was like, okay, the yep, credits good. roll and you're like, can't get out. Yeah, I was like, bye, everybody. Later. <laughs> Fun. Thanks for hanging um, out, Perot. Yeah. So so as you said before, like the ending of the movie is a little bit uh how can I say it? it? Chaotic? Yeah, it, it's wild. It is wild. The whole thing that like Leopold actually had all the evidence. He's a smart little kid. Uh he knows everything, but then like she makes him both just like, I think mostly it's the stab yourself in the back thing. It's like, oh my god, this is why this is wild. This is that... and there's also this sorry, this whole thing about whether or not like Perot is getting things from like the ghost of of uh Alicia, who he sees in like child form, and at the end, like Tina Fey's character still trying to be like, oh, but like you, you, you did see it. He's like, I don't know, and then he leaves, and I don't know. It's like the ending is so like, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's yeah, it's fine. It was fine, but I enjoyed everything that came before it so much more. One, like I already said, than I thought I would, but two, so much more than the ending. Like I think the this movie is a really good example of it's the journey not the destination and i think for a movie for the most part if well, the destination the, is venice so. if you can get the if you can get the journey right uh, -huh. uh then that's like more than half the battle i mean that's literally 99 percent of the movie um but yeah i i just had such a good time i think uh the the movie has like a couple of things going for it i think obviously the the spooky stuff right there's like that's adding an element to the whodunit that not only feels different but feels different and is treated differently by this character right like this character is usually like he's on a ship he's on a train i'm trying to remember everything that's <laughs> if i've seen these movies yeah. all these all these different vessels and here he's at this party and yeah he was kind of like not really tricked into it but he was tina Fey's character kind of told him why he was going to be there and he was like half interested because they were old friends but here it's like he's having to deal with and later on it's like the mostly blamed on the hallucinogenic honey that crazy Rowena is is giving to everyone after she killed her she, daughter. She doesn't mean to give it to everyone at the party. The I think there's a when the death happens, she's like everyone's in a room being and and someone's like, oh, I made you some tea. And she's really like, oh, I, I thought my like stock was was bare after the mm -hmm. party. And somebody finds 
the honey in like a closet that they're not like so then the honey yeah right because right, right. the honey was hidden it was very like much like the teapot in the after party like That's the honey right. was like in a random place it wasn't supposed to be yeah so the honey um, gets served and then people are having hallucinations but it's not like rowena intended for everybody like the, the interesting i thought the thing that is interesting about the setup of the movie is that a bunch of people and this is pretty typical of a movie but i thought just the way a murder mystery movie but i thought it was executed pretty well is like the fact that the seance is like a she's been in and Rowena does want to kill her because she thinks she's being blackmailed by her. But also at the same time, like Tina Fey is character is basically making the seance work so she can write a book about like what's what's happening. Um, right. Like that's mm -hmm. the reveal that he has on her um, on this like Ariana Oliver characters that Ariana Oliver is trying to like make the seance work so that like she's the one who pulls the windows open, I believe, so mm -hmm. that she can then write like a story based on the truth. Like she wants to like, this is based on a true story thing at the front of her like book. Cause she's having like, she's written 30 books in the last three have like not been critically received. I thought that the way the information got parsed, parsed out and like everybody sort of, this is a thing I thought the after party did really well. This last season was like, I don't think I knew heading into the finale, like who did it. And I really, part of me feels like part of this compliment is that like so many of the, characters who were not Tina Fey, Michelle Yeoh or Kenneth Branagh really blended together for me. I have to admit. Um, but in a way that was like, I was like, okay, I have no idea who did this. So fun. Let's see. I don't know. Is it yeah. I think um, the, the Tina Fey, I mean, in general, right. The Tina Fey character, it's kind of, there's like a, a mini betrayal where she, like you said, she's kind of like pulling the, literally pulling the strings yeah, some of the seance one. stuff yeah. because she wants to, it's not just that she wants to write a new book. She wants to write a book where like the detective in her story is like bamboozled. It's basically right. like if Poirot can't poke holes in this like seance and this whole medium thing, then she will have been the one who tricked him in a sense or like yeah. been instrumental yeah. in tricking him. Um, I, yeah, that's uh, the, the, the thing of like, whether she's ultimately uh, the, st the story gets a little bit complicated as we are trying to track, like, yes, she tricked him, but she's not ultimately the, the villain quote unquote. And there are all these like layers to the deception that we try to go through in the, in the, uh, plot summary, but it's just, there's a lot going on. And I think by the end, he just literally can't trust anyone, which I think is probably his default anyway. But um, I think it's, I think it, it was interesting. My honestly, my one of my favorite conversations in the whole movie was a conversation that happens between him and uh, Michelle Yeoh's character, the medium, and how she's kind of telling him in this way that I thought was like really interesting that she's a medium and he's like a detective and in some ways their jobs couldn't be any more different, but also they both deal with death and how like much death is like a part of his life just as much as it's a part of her life. And I thought that right. that was actually oddly profound for like a murder mystery detective. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, it's Michelle Yeoh delivering the, delivering the monologue. So it was, you know, it's, it's always going to land beautifully and emotionally before she is pushed off the balcony onto her own oscar statue <laughs> yeah. tough yeah i think i think for me like michelle yo's character stands out tina fey's character stands out leopold and then i feel like the two assistants all stand out for me then i was just like between um jamie dornan's character and then kyle allen's character so maxime the husband and then dr ferrier who is was he He's just a, he's a doctor. He's like a friend with Rowena. Right. Um, and then I got them heavily mixed up and then Rowena and Olga. Olga is like the housekeeper who like is there when supposed to be watching Alicia the night that she, I, they all just like, I felt like we're not quite those two sets of people were not quite distinct enough mm -hmm. for me, but I think honestly, in a way that worked because then as a, like the mystery unfolded, I was like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. And then, okay. That makes sense as to what's happening. Like I thought that the, the only piece I don't really think it works really well is um, Vital, the bodyguard, like having a relationship with 
Ariana Oliver. It's not really clear what the relation. It seems like they give each other an apple at one point. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. No, I, they like use the apple like to 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 like trick Poirot into thinking that it's like happenstance. But to to your to the point about your confusion and my confusion, it's kind of like it's just un- it's a little bit like unnecessary details that they're giving yeah. you in in some of these explanations. Um, well, it's to throw suspicion on him. It's like revealing that he knows Tina Fey's character. So then that's a reason to not believe him or trust him. And maybe he's involved. And that's fine. Like, you need to do that. I was just like, I don't know. It didn't feel like everybody else's is like, you know, you can kind of. I thought for sure at one point, like, I thought for sure it was Jamie Dornan's character. It was like, oh, the doctor who mm-hmm. is suffering from PSD. It's going to PSD. PSTD, whatever, uh, is, <laughs> is going to, like, it's him. Like, I just had this feel like he was enough in the middle of the film that he like wasn't the first person i suspected and I was like um it could be him and then i was i was way wrong although it was his son but anyway i i kind of thought like yeah as much as i feel like it's not super clean in a way i feel like that like helped me like it more a bit if that mm. makes any sense at all i don't know if that makes any sense. no i think it does make sense because you're less like worried about the very specific like does that track logically and you're more right. just letting it like wash over you in a way that i think i had a similar experience where I was just in it with, with Poirot Mm -hmm. and like with him along the way of like, is, is this going to be like, obviously this guy is like famous within what I like about this character again, like not having seen anything else and not really being familiar with the text, but it's the original, the first one is like so famous or the first one they made the movie out of. I don't know if it's the first one in the book series is so famous that the character is a little bit larger than life, but I like that the character is famous both like within the universe and in real life. And I think that that makes it like a little bit more interesting as he's trying to grapple with, can I figure this out? Is there something to figure out? Is there something, you know, be beyond, you know, superhuman going on. Um, But I think, watching him poke holes and stuff is just fun even when you don't quite understand the character's motivations because he is so he is having so much fun figuring it out and being like the foil for all this stuff he plays like a really really good smart ass if i think that's like a yeah overly judgy way of saying it but i think you yeah. You you know what I'm saying? Do you know where we know? I was just googling this. Where we know Olga from? I mean, I knew her from uh, somewhere else. Uh, I don't know. We should know her from. She was in Stillwater, a movie with. Oh. Um, what's his name? This isn't the thing. He, it's uh, uh, Matt, Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. It was actually like similarly. Was like. Oh, I know it. I know. She was the other other woman in House of Gucci. That she's a little firecracker. That Lady Gaga's character, like, yes, has a. Uh, I want to say it, an interaction with, for lack of a yes. better, it certainly wasn't. Is it when they're skiing? I think it's when they're. Yes, skiing. I think it's like when yes. she finds out. Like Lady Gaga's character has yes. kind of just found out that she's being cheated on. Amazing. With, uh, you know, by Adam Driver's character with, uh, with this actress who plays Olga in this movie. She's not in it for very long, but you know, clearly she made an impression. Yeah. Um, fun. Um, do you know what I loved about this movie? The vibes were good. The vibes were fun. It's spooky little, like it's not super scary. Like it's not jump scary. There's a little creepy, bit of it's it's a little sure. creepy. Uh, when they find the the room, the like there's no hallway in this room. I, I, someone did audibly laugh out loud when it's a painting of like the wall, like the hallway is keep going, mm-hmm. and then Perot kicks the, the thing down, and that's <laughs> oh, yeah. it was very like Road Runner. Uh... Yes. Yes from the cartoon yes. like what a um, silly thing to put at the end of the hall but anyway i thought the vibes of it were like perfect for what i want it's maybe a little early like i know i joked it's spooky season maybe a little bit early for me to feel like uh yes like perfect but i i liked the atmosphere a lot and i, I do think this is probably my favorite of the three in terms of the setting like the train is so classic you're stuck on the train um death of the nile is weird they're not they're on this boat but they're not really like completely stuck on the boat they can get like mm-hmm. i don't know if you see it but they can get off the boat they like go to like tourist attractions and so, like, it's, it's very yeah, strange that's very it's, it's like a very uh real life cruise yeah where they'll like stop down and, and whatever this yeah. one i i loved it i liked i liked the house and this is from like a very like lesser known agatha christina do you think they should have gone with the name it's halloween party <laughs> they the, said yes i did see that but you the, you the ran novel. away very quickly but i stayed and watched the credits for oh. some of these music vibes and i saw based on the agatha christie story halloween, halloween party. party i was like 
Well, that's a little on the nose. Yeah, I wish it was called that. Really, I think no, Haunting of Venice is a good Halloween a good party. Sounds like uh, somewhere between Sausage Party and The Hangover. Yeah, like, that's right. If, that's they, right. if I just saw the if I just saw the title Halloween Party, I'm like, oh yeah. no, yeah, that sounds problematic at best but yeah. grace you'll be shocked to hear mm. that this was also my favorite movie of the three <laughs> because i haven't seen the other two i didn't say it was my favorite i think it is my favorite of the three but i would say it's vibes wise i feel like it's the mm-hmm. best and and so fun to get to go to venice like i it's so fun you should i wonder where he's gonna go next yes i've only been to venice once it was so nice to revisit via some of these aerial shots and i'm not talking about myself mm-hmm. um and I similarly, I wonder, yeah, I can't help but think I could just Google it. But if they're going to make more of these movies, I want to be surprised. Okay. Um, I'm kind of sad that the next one probably isn't going to be spooky if they make another one because yeah. they've already done that. Well, it's still murder. There's still murder and death. Yeah, and- but it's-, it's not like murder in the same way. Like, I want to be like... Mm. Again, the the I think it's like the, uh, like the Venn diagram of my interest. It's like murder mystery, uh, spooky vibes. And then there's like me in the middle there. Um, We've got a lot of horror to tide us over the next few. I think Saw is coming out. The The Exorcist is you coming mean socks? out. And Saw X, Saw Ten, and Five Nights Five Nights at Freddy's. I think is coming out as well. So we got a lot of horror to tide us over. Oh, that one looks particularly creepy. Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, yeah, but yeah. Like I said, I saw the Nun too before I saw this. So my my spooky season was in full gear, basically. I didn't see the Nun, so and I, I didn't go. even know it. Yeah, you didn't see the Nun because you were busy watching. A million other yeah. movies. Yeah, I think at, I uh, at TIFF. You just like live. You just live in Toronto now, even though that's where well, you're. I've always lived. I actually have lived in Toronto for a long time. Yeah, I lived in a movie theater in Toronto, uh-huh. uh, mostly several on the span of a couple blocks in Toronto. Yeah, I saw. Let me do the math on this. I, I went to 38 screenings. Two of those were TV shows, and one of them was a sh- uh, like a shorts program. So it was like seven short films. So I believe, if I do my math correctly, I did see 35 feature length films over the last 11 or so days. Um, how do you yeah. feel? Great. It was so fun. It's so fun. It's I chatting. Yeah. Well, I saw 35 and then I immediately went and watched uh Haunting <laughs> in Venice. So and I saw 30. Clearly like counting down the seconds. <laughs> I like, oh, I, yeah, I just have to do this and then I can go watch Hercule Poirot. This is great. Um no, I had a great time. It's so fun uh just chatting with people like when you're waiting in there's you do a lot of uh the the Brits would love this. You do a lot of queuing at uh the Toronto National Film Festival because if you're um a, if you're in a thing that's general admission, people line up hella early to get really good seats for the movie. So you wait in a lot of lines, but then you get you chat with people who are online. Like, what have you seen? What have you liked? What was your favorite thing? What did you not like? What do you think is going to win people's choice? So it's very fun. Um, I had a lot of great time. I saw lots of uh, friends of the pod. Um, so yeah, it was great. Uh, a delight. I think that for uh, we, I feel like Tiff didn't have a ton of like, I don't know that anything that played is going to be an Oscar nominee. Last year we had the Fablemans, Woman of the uh, Woman Talking was last uh you heard it here first folks tiff was a dud a dud no american fiction won people's choice it's jeffrey wright he plays a novelist whose novels aren't selling and he writes sort of the most stereotypical black novel for white people and it becomes a bestseller and it's very very funny it won people's choice i think jeffrey wright could be nominated for it the holdovers uh seem to be mixed reviews i quite liked it but i think it's like complete oscar bait of uh, paul giamatti playing a curmudgeon old man who uh takes care of a uh, one boy who gets left alone over the christmas time and it's uh basically uh yeah i think there's a good chance it gets nominated but toronto new york is coming up and it has like priscilla and maestro and uh ferrari is playing there i feel like poor things i think is playing there as well i think Mm -hmm. new york has a better chance of getting some of the oscar buzz but if folks are looking for sort of like what to look out for i thought um american fiction is one i would suggest monster was really good japanese film about a boy who tells his mother that he thinks he's becoming a monster. And then sort of it tells uh, three different perspectives, the, the same story revealing why he's thinking that. I thought it was amazing. Probably my favorite thing I saw. Woman of the Hour was Anna Kendrick's directorial debut. It got bought by Netflix. Um there so uh look out for that and the thing i most wanted to see that got great reviews was sing sing which is uh uh, domingo coleman playing um a prisoner who takes part in an arts rehabilitation program that is based on a true story and 
um, significantly reduces the chance that uh, uh, incarcerated people will reoffend when they participate in this program. It got amazing reviews coming out of TIFF, and it's one of the biggest ones I didn't see. That's kind of my like, you know, my my half-hearted review of of TIFF. Uh, all my letterbox ratings are up on my letterbox. If you want to see that, but yeah. I just thought of a great name for this segment that was uh-huh. for next year. Yeah. Tiffed off. Tiffed off. Yeah. Uh, are you? Yeah. Are you going to go see anything at the New York Film Festival? Is Nift? Is it Nift off? <laughs> I'm Nift off, but I couldn't get any tickets. Yeah. Um, I am hoping to, but I think my general end of summer hazy laziness is yeah. um, will probably come back to to bite me in yeah. the uh in the oscar statue if you will um yeah. but i did just hear today about um hitman which is the hitman also the, got bought i believe by netflix bought, which I, yeah by netflix which it's richard linklater it's way funnier than i thought it was not, i mean i should have expected it but it, it's about a, a man who becomes a hitman uh but he's mm-hmm. like he's a college professor i believe um who studies psychology and then he gets so enamored by the idea of like entrapping people so he plays a fake hitman so he entraps people to i don't know if entrapping is the right word but like people who want to hire a hitman sounds right yeah they meet with him but Mm -hmm. he like makes up the the most the persona that he thinks will be the most likely for them to want to do it so if it's like a guy from the south he'll like put on this like hillbilly accent twang persona if it's like a woman he'll put on this like sexy man you know um he's very fun in it it's very good i almost think there's a lot of stuff that got that got either bought by netflix a24 bought some stuff i worry a little bit about netflix has not had a successful run of of oscar if they're like going for the oscar noms mm-hmm. but anyway i'm jolly yeah, i got to see a bunch of them in theaters but yeah yeah. I don't want to talk about Rome. Power of the dog. Talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about. Power yeah. Of the right. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, Hitman. Hitman is the one that I just saw the the headlines about. So I was. So I wanted it, to it's one of those things where I almost feel like, gosh, if like some of these movies were really good, and if you can go see them in theaters, like Netflix does do this sometimes. Like if you can catch it in the theaters, that's kind of my biggest disappointment when like I see that it got bought on Netflix. Like I know that sounds really pretentious of me, but like having just sat in a movie, th- basically full movie theaters for eleven days and getting to watch movies with people was mm-hmm. so fun and i know it's not not everybody feels safe there's certainly like covid uh, is spiking in places like mask uh uh you know you know whatever but it was it was like and i know this sounds pretentious because i was like all the directors who were like getting applauses for like movies being back in theaters and like the toronto international film festival like packing theaters like I was like, oh my god, like eye rolling. But then I feel the same way. I'm like, I am glad I got to see a bunch of these in a movie theater. In the way that, like, if Netflix bought them, then I don't know. Like, I don't know if Woman of the Hour will get the same attention if it uh, plays on Netflix and people watch it on their TV at home rather than getting a full theatrical release. So I don't know. But there's tons of movies this fall that I think I'm very excited to be. We potentially will cover here in the podcast that are not getting theatrical releases, like our Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple mm-hmm. TV movies, right? So. I don't yeah, know. I'm we've spoken about this before. I'm such a uh I don't even know what to call it, some pejorative word where like I have to see the Netflix movie in the like six to seven day window that yeah. they release it in theaters, yeah. Yeah. which was spun publicly for the most part as like you Os- know, this yeah. is how yeah. we maintain like Oscar viability. But then it came out recently in the midst of all this like strike stuff that it was also so that they didn't have to like pay people more like residuals and stuff so like of course there was an evil corporation reason for why they did that oh um shout out to all the hecklers who heckled at any time a studio uh logo came on the screen and they yelled pay your writers and actors i love those people they were the best um that was good there's some good bits this year at the during the uh the same trailer that i watched uh 38 times uh Mm -hmm. like the ads uh that you have to watch before every TIFF movie. I do think there's some interesting TIFF news is that Bell is its biggest sponsor and Bell's dropping out at the end of, uh, basically had announced it before, but as soon as the festival's over dropping out the theater in Toronto that TIFF owns, is called TIFF Bell Lightbox. So it'll have to be renamed. Um, uh, uh, one of the executives, I don't know. One of the executives uh, uh, resigned. I think uh, a bunch of there's some people who also took part in the festival, but were resigning as soon as it was over. Basically, like I'm giving you my resignation, but when the festival's over, yeah. To me, they were tiffed off. They were tiffed off. Yeah, we'll do a a a serial style podcast about what happened to Tiff. The thing for me there is that I, 
I worry about it. Not that I think like movie th- going will ever go away. Like, I don't think that that is the case, mm-hmm. but more and more do people see value in, in doing it and going right, to, right, right. to see it is like, but, and, and so then these companies that will just put their stuff up on, on streaming is like the thing that I get, like, and this certainly didn't help this, like, uh Oh, the big sponsors pulling out, you know, are they not seeing the value in TIFF is a charity? Like it's a not right. They, they don't tend to, want to run at a profit I, I believe they're a non-profit i could be wrong but like yeah is movie going where bell a big media company in canada wants to like put its like goodwill money like they might want to put it somewhere else and so like that kind of sucks on one hand so i don't know it's really interesting festival be interesting and obviously it was very director heavy this year which i think you'll see uh i think more than most festivals because they still wanted to maintain the idea that you could see richard linklater after the film or um right, right. that's part uh, of yeah, Guillermo del Toro showed up for the premiere of The Boy and the Heron, right? So they wanted to keep a little bit of that because TIFF is such a star-focused yeah. festival, um, as opposed to, and that's why I think we didn't get a lot of the, interestingly, like we didn't get a lot of the star-studded movies like Maestro, um, uh, like Four vs. Poor Things, right? These are movies that didn't play here because I think they really focused on director Um uh, focus films because then the director could come out on stage afterwards. So it was a really interesting festival. Um, and kind of like it was a little bit quieter than I thought it was last year, which was kind of the first year back since COVID. But it was very fun. It was fun to see people. If you're listening to the podcast, and you saw me at TIFF. Uh, hello, it was very fun. So yeah. Wow, I wasn't yeah. there. Now I'm tiffed off about that. Come next year, you can come uh, to Toronto, hang out with me, watch. Yeah, just forty like, movies. To, like I don't even need to book a hotel room. I could just stay at that movie theater with you. That's right. That's right. At, at that group of movie theaters. That's know? right. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. post about that stuff. I was like, oh my god. I mean, as someone who goes, this is going to sound so ridiculous. Like as someone who goes to the movies a lot, I was exhausted. Like watching, like see. How movies there's a an individual at because there's like basically like so there's one big movie theater that uh, all of the movie theaters are different movies. That's one where they do a lot of press and industry. There's TIFF, uh, TIFF Lightbox that has about six cinemas, and then there's three like um, typically they would show concerts or plays or whatever that get sort of transformed for the week into a movie theater going experience. And there was one in the one that I had been the most often, um, and like because I bought all my tickets at once, like I was sitting in the same spot a lot. And he's like, you've been here a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The first reaction of when all, people would be like, first yeah, of all, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> the reaction when people would be like, how many movies have you seen? And I have to be like, yeah, a lot. And like, and then they, and they'd be like, that's, that's so cool. I'd be like, it's not cool. It's crazy. Like, it's not good. Uh, it's not, I have a problem. You start I, to shake them. You're like, do you understand what this can means? I, can I, I'll do a little bit of an ego brag, which is that I also during it read two books. So I'm just gonna, I'm just also gonna humble brag that Grace. I, that I am such a, a culture vulture, I believe as they, as they call them, Brave. that I have to consume culture <laughs> every moment of my life where I feel like I'm wasting it. That's brain. Me. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I'm talking to my brain. Grace. Yeah. You are a Marvel. I can't even read. A hey, book. the Marvels is coming out. Sam. Yeah, we're the, we're the Marvels. The Marvels that we have a podcast. Uh, I I can't even read a book like sitting down doing nothing. I can't mm-hmm. imagine reading a book like in between. Well, I didn't read it during the movies. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't. <laughs> I gave you the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I'm really glad that you cleared the air for anybody okay, who's good. wondering. Grace good. does not like to good. read books or phones yeah. during movies. Um. What a wonderful, wonderful time that it seems like you had. Thank you for sharing your tip no experiences. That's it. Anything spooky? I feel like there's no, nothing spooky happening. Not super spooky. No, there wasn't spooky. There actually, there was uh, the little Nas X uh, screen was delayed because of a bomb threat, which was believed to be yikes. blatant homophobia. So yeah, super yikes, super. Spooky. That sounds very spooky in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe next week, Ariel, we're going to cover a movie that did premiere at TIFF and then immediately was wow. released in theaters. Uh, limited release a few days later, which is Dumb Money. Uh, this is a very scary recent story. I guess it's not scary. It's kind of uplifting. <laughs> it's scary that I can't take advantage of the scan to That's right. money. Uh, We're going to be talking yes. about shorting and stocks. And shorting. I can't wait to squeezes. go and watch yeah. uh, Get Shorty because I was told that that movie <laughs> uh-huh. has something to do with this is, no. I think, what's kind the, of what's like the other one, American. Oh, no, uh, isn't the big the big short? I think big this short. is like yes, yes. the yeah. sequel to Get Shorty, um, yeah. the big short, which I haven't seen, but because uh, the wigs kind of freaked me out. If I'm being honest, 
Yeah, um, this one I think is. I think this one I saw it a tip. I think this one is much more plain language than. I don't think you'll come out of this being like I don't understand what Grace, happened. You like, know, I love me. a dumbed down thing for me for my dumb simple money. simpleton brain. Dumb money. And it's it's yeah. dumb money. Like how smart do you need to be? I'm very interested in the story just because of my brother couldn't stop talking about what the thing happened in real life. Uh, so I'm excited to find out more about it. It's already out. I, I was actually going to see it this weekend, but I realized that I had to see this. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a weird thing where like some places it's being it is. I don't think it's a it's full just release. It's, it's just because to your point, it was limited release at first, like New York, L.A., wherever else. And then next week on the 20th, or I guess technically this week, later in the weekend. See, it, but I'm, I'm wondering, I I actually don't know if this is I think it is expanding more, but I think the full release is on the 29th, even though we're going to cover it. I think uh, it gets a it gets a wider release on the 22nd, I wow. believe. So it's like I'm going to have to hire a hitman to whoever is scheduling. I'll call Glenn Powell. I'll get him. Oh, I'll get him. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to figure out for sure what comes out where and what we're going to cover. But yeah. in the meantime, Grace, what else have you got going on? R.I.P. winning time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we recorded the final. That was probably podcast. the biggest news for me personally. <laughs> it was wild. They, uh, I don't, I shared this on the pod, but um, they like sent a new screener on like Friday after I think they probably found out that they had to like add a montage because they weren't being renewed. It got canceled. So yeah. yeah, Jason and I covered the finale with Alexander Chester. It's an it's a, a time of many endings to shows. Foundation ended. Heels is over. Um, but also endings are just beginnings because uh, on the Dark podcast we are shifting into Tales from the Loop. You and I are covering the morning show, which premiered last week. So um, despite things ending, new things uh, showing up on your feed from me. I'm on socials at high from grace or at go for grace. Yes. When a fake door closes, <laughs> you can kick it down and get to the hidden basement as, as always. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Twitter at that other Ariel covering a lot of the things you said recover tales for the loop uh covering ooh sex education i'm very excited about that speaking of endings that is just about to premiere but it is the final season i'm covering right. with that with jess sterling and adam h very excited and very sad just another another thing that we lost because of the strike um but yeah until then we're going to cover something next week. I'm Ariel. That's Grace. We are no longer tipped off, but we are pushing the